All right, welcome to Uncanny Rewind issue 12. We're excited to be here because I have a special guest. Uh, it is just me and my good friend Doza today. Howdy, y'all. What's going on? Thanks uh, for having me, man. Yeah, I'm excited to have you here. I know uh, you know a little bit about these books, and honestly, maybe maybe a little more than I do. I'm not sure. Um, but Adris, unfortunately, wasn't able to uh, make it today, but that's okay. Um, he will be here next time. And let's kind of recap a little bit of what happened last issue, because it feels like a lot happened. Um <laughs> But as I said earlier, some of it escaped me. So we were introduced to someone named The Stranger. Uh, That's all we know about him and his name. Um, In this book, we also see Magneto come back, which is kind of cool. I I spoke previously on the fact that the Brotherhood, it was was a bit much sometimes. It, It just was like every issue. And then they went away for like two issues, and then now they're back. And I like that. I did like it. Oh yeah, for sure. It's it feels like the, I like them better as like a sort of like looming presence that can show up kind of whenever. But then when it became like them being the main villains of the X Men, yeah. as opposed to just like here is here is our challenge for today. Oh, it's the Brotherhood again. Right. I even just like however many issues in like that got tired for me. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And it was like three issues in. Yeah. It was not very many issues. Um, So, yeah, we start out the issue uh, immediately. Xavier's calling for the X-Men, bringing them in, telling them about his new radar image beam that's going to help them see (laughs) who is, you know, Cerebro is calling. Who is this new uh, mutant or new? Yeah, it is. It is presence of the another mutant. Right. Which is kind of interesting in this issue. And we'll kind of discuss a little bit more on that. Um, But they decide we need to go figure out who this is, where they are, uh, before Magneto does. So they go. We're introduced to the stranger. We don't know who he is yet. He's renting a room. Uh, he seems to just not understand human etiquette or just humanity really at all, which is kind of kind of telling. But also, I don't know. I don't know how much I believe this man. Uh the ex or the brotherhood do run into do run into the stranger first before uh the x-men x-men have to fight it's kind of a pretty similar structure to how it always is right new new mutants introduced we got to find them before magneto does either one are going to find them first they find them they got to fight the brotherhood it was still a really good issue the ending was was the most confusing uh, as he took Magneto and Toad to wherever. They like shot off, presumably out of the uh, off Earth, but I, I don't know. It doesn't show you anything. Really? It ends with that? Yeah. Well, it, it, it shows them. Oh, I guess it does show them going off Earth, but it doesn't show you where they're going. Wow. I, I know just like historically like where they end up but that is awesome because like th- thus far the x-men have been like exclusively terrestrial yeah and having them just like leave yep that's wild yeah man. no it's crazy i mean the the most was uh issue five where uh asteroid m existed 
Yeah, right? the Magneto was like Space Fortress. Yeah, exactly. But that was destroyed, and then now they're back on Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Space Fortress was also just an insane... <laughs> Where did this come from? How did you build this? And how are you not being attacked by the government? Meteorites uh, are mostly metal, right? I guess that's true. I guess that's true. And then uh, Professor, X, Professor X believes that they're gone. They're, they will not be a threat anymore. They are done which sure we'll we'll see how it goes yeah and that's the last we ever saw of magneto again in all of fiction in all of fiction can't believe he only lasted 11 <laughs> issues and then we never saw him again and then they decided to make like so many movies about it i don't even get it yeah that's beyond me i don't know also i don't know if you remember but mastermind uh was like because of the stranger was turned into his molecules were changed or matter was changed and he's just like a a rock and i don't know what they're going to do with him but does he remain as a rock he remains as a rock can i see that panel yes let me just scroll here because i I heard when i listened to you guys talk about it uh i was i was picturing it and i (laughs) mastermind has always been so of like a non-player to me oh he's he isn't a player and I don't know if I really want to say like much of where oh my God. where I know him the most from. But look, he's <laughs> he just falling through. through the building <laughs> and just crashes down. <laughs> but then, check this out. Hold on. But then, they, the X-Men get his body because, you know, they're good people. They get his body and take him. And Professor X is trying to take a look. He's... They're like, he's alive. With the stethoscope. Something has altered the very molecules of his body. And that's it. That's 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 the last thing we see of him. And then and then we go to Magneto and Toad being taken by the stranger. And then it ends with them just like unsure of how things are gonna go from here. Wow. That's really exciting. Because, like, thus far, like, those are, like, the big bads. And now to have them just, like, gone from the yeah. picture? Yeah. God. And also because they've been they've been kind of catering the, uh, the you know, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. Kind of leaning a little more, are they good guys? Are they bad guys? Are they in between? Are they unsure? And they also disbanded, right? They also said, hey, we're going to go back to Europe. Like, we're done. So the Brotherhood is, like, no more. Yeah, so where, Not, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? There's got to be like a a new, I don't know. I don't know what issue 12 looks like. Maybe we should look at the cover? I would love to. I'm sweating right. in anticipation. Well, I'm going to go here. Can you just swipe? <gasps> no. Oh. <laughs> here we are. Featuring the almost indescribable menace of the Juggernaut. I can't believe this is the episode I'm on. I know. Oh, I'm going to cry. Also, the origin of Professor X. Oh, okay. I am looking forward to this uh, probably the most in a long time. Um, That being said, the last two issues, I was not a fan of the covers, and I didn't know if I'd like the issue. Right. And they blew me away. I'm hoping this cover matches, and although it is a great cover, I still get blown away. Yeah, I, oh my god, this is an awesome, awesome cover. Care to describe how the cover uh, is set up? I, I would love to. Uh, so, 
<laughs> this is bonkers to me. Um, it looks like I, I haven't seen much of like what the danger room looks like. Okay. But it looks like a, as though we're somewhere where all the X-Men are together uh, and Professor X is also there. So presumably they're in the, the mansion or something. It does look a little technical. So it may be the danger room. Yeah, because and then in the bottom left corner is this hulking, just mass of a person, presumably mutant, just busting up uh, a floor or a wall made entirely of metal. And the X Men seems as though they haven't seen it coming. Um, <laughs> Professor X is on the cover. Yes, and he's sort of like cowering away. Uh, most of them are. Um, I don't. Although I don't know what Iceman's doing, the the detail. I on never his face know. Is cracking I never know up. what he's doing. He. Yeah, I don't know. No, this looks like it's gonna be like big. I yeah. This seems like unprecedented. Like the almost like an encroachment on their home turf. Right. Is what I'm what I'm feeling. Well, I'm wondering if if they're gonna find Juggernaut, they're gonna be like, hey, we want you to join our team, as they've done with every mutant, and then he shows up to the danger room and decides, nah, and then just goes to destroy all of them oh i would love almost that. almost like the blob mm-hmm. but uh, i don't know i don't know how they're gonna look there's a lot of things that i know presently about current comics i don't know if and or when those things are retconned right i also know a little bit about juggernaut and the relationship with the professor right exactly we're looking at the origin of professor x is this something that's going to be shared with us or was that a, a retcon i have no idea oh i'm so excited to dig in because all of the knowledge that i have like this supersedes that by decades yes exactly well let's uh let's get into this we're gonna crack this open check out the uh origin of professor x featuring the almost indescribable menace of the Juggernaut. We recommend reading it with us. We read on Marvel Unlimited. Uh, This is issue 12, and we'll be right back. Matt, I don't even know how to get into this one. This was... The whole time... You know those like movies or TV shows you watch that is just like build up, build up, build up, build yeah. up. This is like a masterclass in anticipation. This was just pure anticipation the entire issue. Let's uh let's start from the beginning. We're on the first page. We see uh Cerebro in Professor X's desk just screeching, just being the loudest it's ever you've ever seen. It just has this giant R-E-E-E, just a sound. And uh, all the X-Men are coming in, and they're just like, what is this? Why is it sounding like that? Also, what is that? And are they not aware of Cerebro? Look, I don't know, because (laughs) I know that I have made the point of this was a secret, but there was a point where Cyclops, while they were on a mission, mentioned Cerebro. Yes, I, I remembered that. But now he's like, all right, we might as well tell him. Yeah. Uh, I guess they just forgot. They were like, oh, yeah, I forgot. Like, I think they wanted it to be a secret. And truly, outside of that one singular speech bubble from whatever issue it was, six, seven, mm-hmm. I want to say it was around there. Aside from that, it could be a secret. But the fact that... Uh, they mentioned it 
makes it not a secret. But you know what? Let's forget that speech bubble. This was a secret. Yeah, and they got a lot more to cover. They even make a point to say so. Mm-hmm. And I, I love this. Uh, we've got a startling, sizzling tale to tell you and no time to waste with the long introduction. So let's go. We'll brief you along the way. And and then you're just in it. Immediately in it. And it's cool because it just, it continues. You know, it, it, sometimes what happens with these, with specifically these X-Men comics is there's a lot of, this is what happened two days ago. And now we're dealing with it, with it today. This is like a continuous story of, Cerebro's going off. Something is coming. Professor X thinks he knows what it is. And then he tells you the story of who he thinks it is and where that came from. Yeah. In such a way that it feels like I'm watching live news coverage. Yeah. I would agree with that. It did feel that way. So Professor X calls the X-Men to say, hey, there's only one mutant in existence that can make Cerebro act the way it is. And I need you all to build the best defense barrier you can across the mansion. And they start doing like just weird Cyclops or uh, Iceman is like trying to make an ice wall. That's like the thickest wall, he, you know, thickest uh, piece of ice he's ever done. Um, it looks like Cyclops is making like a uh, moat. Or something, right? Like some type of uh Well, I guess this is this is the tunnel that they use the rope and the Yeah, yeah. And he's, the he's digging that... a, a trench yeah. to to then uh I believe cover with leaves to to set a trap. Right. That beast has like this uh wiring or um cable. It's ca- it's he's like unwinding this cable in the trench while Jean Grey is putting leaves and and tree droppings on top of it he says that she she's teleporting uh those leaves and twigs over this cable um i think she's she's moving them i don't know if they're blipping no they don't know what teleporting slash telekinesis (laughs) is this is common they do this I, i remember the very first issue but I, I can't think of a point where you guys talked about it afterwards. No, I think they got better at it. Something about this issue screams like they wrote it a long time ago. Yeah. And then like just now put it out. That makes sense. Like they fleshed out like Professor X's backstory. Right. And now they're getting to it. Right. But interestingly enough as well, uh, they do, we'll mention it later, but they do call back Lucifer. Yes. So it had to have been after... I don't remember what issue that is. I, they're they're all starting to blend. Um, I was pretty good at keeping keeping track, but now it's. Is that the one where? Was he on the cover? Because he was on the cover. He was underneath. Oh, it was the same one as the Avengers. So I think that was like issue nine. Mm-hmm. Oh, issue eight. It says it right here. Oh yeah, it does. It it they uh, call well, it back. It's, it's a while. It's a while down. Yeah, line. we'll we'll let you know. But it was either eight or nine. It says it. Um, Cyclops and Angel are hollowing out these uh, tree stumps or just like tree logs and putting grenades. I was like, that <laughs> just my, my favorite angel thing is like my power is that I can fly. So I have to supplement that with explosives. Yeah. I think on the first issue cover, he had like a grenade launcher. Yes, he did. Sure. I, sh- sure. 
So they feel like they've, uh, you know, protected the mansion enough and they go back to Professor X, who's still in his office. And Professor X says, thanks for doing that. Now I need to tell you more about who is coming. And he mentions, it's my brother. His brother? Dun, dun, dun. I have never flipped a page so fast in my life. Yeah, you're like, (laughs) I already knew this, but like, what? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I felt like I was learning it all over again for the first time. There were many things in this comic that I was like, I did know this, but also, what on earth is happening? Exactly. I've never seen this firsthand before. And the, the whole way through, I was like, more, next, let's go, come on. Exactly. So they mention, uh, Professor X mentions what happened with his family and how uh, Kane Marco showed up in his life. So he talks about the, the atomic blast. Now, we've, we've been mentioned. We've been mentioned? We have been mentioned. We've. We have mentioned. You've mentioned. I have not mentioned. They have mentioned. The comic book writer Stanley has mentioned uh, this uh, atomic blast before, and that his that's how Professor X lost his family. So it was kind of cool getting a little bit of backstory here. Um, talks about his dad passing away, and this new man, Doctor Marco, uh, showing up, and basically he was partners with his father, uh, who I guess is Brian Xavier. I did not know that was his dad's name. Um, I don't know if it'll ever matter, but. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, good uh, to know. Yeah, good to know. And uh, so his science partner, Dr. Marco, uh, basically just gets with Professor X's mom and is like, I'll protect you now. And we immediately find out that it's just like, it's a play. Yeah. Um, he, uh, Dr. Marco marries Professor X's mom mm-hmm. and Professor X is reading his thoughts and he says... At last, now I have everything I've always dreamed of. Money, power, that's all he really cares about is Professor X is on to him. Yeah, he knows. He he knows that, that this guy's like just a schemer. He's just scheming. He doesn't care about my mom. He just wants the money, just wants the power. Yeah. And, you know, as a as a classic scientist, he's never home. So his mom is like, I just want to see you. And so she visits him at the, uh, at the lab and she's, he's like, no, you can't disturb me when I'm at work. And this just further shows. And professor X is there. He's not professor X at this time. He's probably Charlie probably goes by Charlie. Uh, Chuck, Chuck maybe. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's the I mean, 60s, right? Maybe. Well, Oh no, this would kid, be like the forties. This would be like the forties. Maybe he did go by Charles, but certainly not professor. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Imagine being called Professor X as a kid. I mean, like, it's kind of like the, a Bugs Bunny calling people Doc. Like, I know that you're That's not a true. doctor, but maybe it's like an affectionate nickname. Maybe he's not like an actual professor. You, he has to have his, like, how do you become a professor? You need a PhD? You have to have a, a degree and also teach something? Kate's nodding. Kate, do you know? Oh, she said she said no. All right. Oh, she does know, but she doesn't want to say it. That's all right. Uh, something I loved about this comic is how they constantly fill this guy's face red. Yes. You know, in anger, he just he gets this flesh, red flesh tone. So with Professor X's mom and Professor X there and uh, and Dr. Marco at the lab, she's saying, 
I just want to see you. And then she comes to the realization, I've been a fool. You've actually never cared for me. And you just wanted the power and the wealth that being with me would bring you. That's a sad realization to have to have, especially in front of your kid. And he just doesn't even try to deny it. Yeah, he's like, what's wrong with that? Yeah, I put in the work. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so that was pretty sad. And then also to say, he doesn't, he, he basically, well, he literally says, I don't care about your son. My son from my previous marriage is on his way. So I don't care about your son. I have my own son. And then we get this jerk, Kane Marco. This guy looks like a jerk. He he looks like a bully. Yeah, he he's got like a sort of like goonish face. The 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 wide square jaw. He looks like um like Biff from Back to the Future. Yes, like made to be a bully. Yes, he looks like Biff. That's crazy. Um, he also brags about being expelled, and how. He's glad he got expelled because the school wasn't going to teach him anything, anything anyways. So we already see him being pretty abusive uh, towards Professor X, Charles. <laughs> that That's a, a, a good, like, goofer. Hey, let me show you something. Hey, look at my hand. I'll show you a trick. Slap, or what is it? Thwack. Yeah, thwack. What a what a I can't I have never met somebody like this or seen somebody like outside of like a comic book just like right. that's just bully through and through mm-hmm. or like movies TV shows yeah. like that's I mean I guess I'm blessed you know I guess we're blessed we've never dealt with that yeah we right? did it <laughs> yeah we did it look we made it, you know majority of our lives never being bullied uh, like this at least um, so then it cuts back from the flashback to main time and. All of the X-Men are like, so what's the big deal? Like, how is he a danger to us now? He doesn't have superpowers. And he says, well, he didn't have them then, but we got to, we got to keep, I got to keep telling you this story, but let me see what Cerebro says, see how close they are. He is. I laughed out loud at this. He's like, all right, we got to see what's going on. And it's louder than it was before. And, uh, he says that uh, it's uh, so powerful that Cerebro is almost tearing itself apart. Yeah, that was good. And like we, we just saw in the last issue with the the stranger mm-hmm. how he was emanating such a brilliant light that Cerebro couldn't properly handle that. So this is like comparable to that, and yeah. he seems even more afraid than that time. Something that kept happening throughout this issue is someone would ask Professor X a question and then he'd say, no time for that now. I have to keep telling you the story. (laughs) And it's like, or just tell me what's up. Like, I don't like, I'm glad for the sake of learning. But if I was in that situation, I think I'd be like, no, dude, I don't need your backstory. Who is this guy? What's his power? And how do we stop him? Yeah, I mean, like, as the reader, I'm grateful that this information is here. Exactly. But, like, being in that situation, like, please guide us in any way. Yeah. Um, but then they, they sort of, like, write themselves out of it where he's like, where Iceman is like, what is his power? And he's like, there's no time. He's breached the first barrier. And they're like, ah, geez. Yeah. So they all look outside the window and uh, they see that it's being destroyed. And Iceman's like, wait, how? I, I made that so strong. And Professor X says, well, you, you can't even imagine 
you can't begin to imagine what you're going to be facing. And that just builds to that suspense. Like, who is this guy? Like, what does he look like? How this sounds very intense. Um, we start to see the, the building itself start to shake and almost start collapsing. And Professor X says he's only using a fraction of his true power, which <laughs> is... There's a thing where, like, power scaling, right? Where yeah. if a fraction of his power brings down buildings, what are you going to do? Like, just tell me. What are you doing? Nothing. Yeah, like, how are you gonna? How are you gonna fix this? Exactly. That, that's why I think they're so eager to figure out like what his power is, because they're like, this doesn't look good for us, Professor. Yeah. Give us something. So he says, "All right, I'll keep telling you the story." I also like uh, in this in this comic how they keep giving him this like shadowy figure. When they see him destroy something, he'll have this. Oh, he's like in a silhouette. Yeah, he's just like a big, hulking, shadowy figure, and you're just unsure. Yeah. Who is this? And even from the cover, like you, they only show his back. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, like I said before, like the anticipation is like, what is he? What does he look like? What is he doing out there? Yeah. Because they're right now. We just see like the fallout of what's happening, and we haven't seen it firsthand yet. Yeah. So then, the school stop shaking and they're all questioning why is this happening and this is scary too professor x is like he's just toying with us he's showing his contempt for our defenses he thinks our defenses were so not worthy he's just gonna play with us now they're like little uh like a a mouse like a cat just playing you know with yeah with it, the mouse. it harkens back to him with like hey look at my hand look look i'll show you something whack and now it's like, oh, I've broken down two barriers of their defenses. I'm just going to chill here for a second. Yep. Let them wait for it. Yeah. And and start to worry and, and build, you know, uh, anxiety. Yeah. And what they do to fill that anxious void is let's hear more of the story. Yep, exactly. Well, I mean, it's nice because, like, I'm glad that the X-Men aren't just sitting there saying, tell us more, tell us more. Yeah. Right, Professor or, uh, Cyclops is like, yeah, but shouldn't we, like, head out there and fight him before he comes closer. <laughs> Professor X is like, no, there's still time for me to tell you about the story. <laughs> it's like, okay. And then, uh, we hear that his mom dies and it's pretty sad. Cause it's just so quick. Yeah. Um, they, his dad got a whole page, but this is like a speech bubble. Yeah. Not even like a funeral, like just, just the, and I don't even know if it's a speech bubble. It's just like a, well, I guess, yeah, technically it is. Yeah, because he's, he's talking he, about He's it. talking, yeah. And then we see uh, Dr. Marco and Kane talking with each other. And Kane's asking for some money. And, of course, Professor X is just hanging out. He's spying on him. And he hears what they're saying. And he's upset because now with his mom gone, he's not going to get any money until he comes of age. And... I keep wanting to say Flint Marco, but I'm pretty sure that's Kane Marco. Who's Flint Marco? I'm pretty sure that's the Sandman from Oh uh, Spider Man. Spider Man. I'm you, pretty positive. You, Flint you might Marco. be right. Yeah. And I keep wanting to say that. You look that up. Yeah. By the by, what happens is Kane is talking to his dad and is like, uh, "Well, 
his dad says, I'm not giving you any money. If you want the money, you have to go out and earn it like I did. And Kane's like, yeah, I know how you earned it. That was no accident that Xavier died at Alama Gordo. I've never said that word out loud in my life. It's a real place in Is Mexico. It? Yeah. It means like fat spruce or something. Like the tree? Like the like tree. A, like a big tree? Like a fat tree? I guess. All right. And Dr. Uh, Marco gets gets pretty pretty intense on it. He's like, don't you ever say that again. And then Professor X comes in. Did you find out Flip Marco? Who is that? That's the Sandman. That's I wonder Sandman. if they're related in any way or if that's just like something that they had in the back of their head. And they're like, did we use Marco yet? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I like that last name. Yeah. Spelt the same too. I had a bully with the last name Marco. <laughs> they, that's all the villains' last name Marco. Two big goons. So Professor X comes in. He immediately calls him out and says, you're too late. I heard him. What did he mean by that? What happened? What really happened? Of course, Dr. Dr. Marco's trying to like cover his tracks. He's like, no, 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 nothing. He was just joking. And Kane, just being the reckless person he is, decides to throw these chemicals across more chemicals and uh, an explosion happens. This was a, this actually like got me a, like a little choked up. It was kind of a really cool moment. Yeah. Um, professor says, uh, what is it? Oh, and uh, my stepfather did the one unselfish deed of his life. So the, the lab is on fire and he mm-hmm. carries the two uh, unconscious boys uh, out of the, the burning building. Yeah. And then he makes a, a dying confession mm-hmm. and my heart ripped open Yeah, where he's like, look, Charles, your father's death was an accident and I might've been able to do something about it, but I, I failed by not acting, not even trying. Yeah. And, uh, he also then reveals that this whole time he also knew that Charles is a mutant and has a power. And that's cool. That's cool to to see, um, especially because in this era right now, we're not entirely sure what these powers like, what they are, where they come from, why people have them, and why people don't. Right. So it's cool to see him mention. Look, I. Well, he he warns him of Kane and Kane finding out about Professor X's powers. So it's just cool to see uh, someone who's not a mutant talk about it. Yes. And even then, um, Professor X is like, power? Like, he's not 100% sure that he had a power. He just, you know, maybe just felt sometimes he can hear people's minds or whatever. And just and maybe it wasn't even a, uh, a conscious thing. Like, he wasn't actively trying to listen to someone's mind. But, like... Maybe if you were thinking something, I just happen to have that same thought. Yeah, like, oh, maybe I'm maybe I'm intuitive. Maybe I'm empathic. And I right. can just, like, I'm reading your body language or something. Yep. And uh, so then we cut back to original, or not original, but then we cut back to uh, present time. And Professor X says that Dr. Marco died. And that's the most death we've had in any comics. 
uh, that we've read so far. We've had three deaths in this in this comic. Yeah, <laughs> like literally just like one, two, three. Yeah, and uh, we're not even halfway through this issue yet. <laughs> no, we're not. No. Um, so I then think we have the Korean War to deal with later, which is oh my god. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and then all of a sudden, a very bright light uh, comes into the room, and they're just up against a window. They're just like staring out the window. And then that's how we know he reached the second barrier, which was the uh, electromagnetic force field, which was the thing that um, Beast Cyclops, was like. Beast, and, and Jean Grey, yeah, were building. And again, we see that kind of uh, monster silhouette uh, behind all the all the or behind the lit up outside, and they say he looks enormous. He doesn't even look like he's hurt or weakened or anything he just looks like big yeah and it, there's like a juxtaposition between that and the immediate next panel where he's like almost sort of like uh a monster when he's setting off this trap but then they reveal that he has human hands still mm-hmm. and it's like if he's still some sort of person and he's he's pulling this off what is happening yeah yeah exactly he's not uh I don't know. Like, he's not a monster. You can see that he's not a monster. You just see he's just, yeah, human hands. And Professor X is talking about how, well, he isn't hurt. He's If he's lasted this long, it means the cable can't stop him, and he's everything I feared he'd be and more. And again, just building that suspense of who is this person. I don't even know if we've gotten his name outside of the cover yet, right? No, not until... No, not the villain name. Right, okay. Um, Professor X puts on these goggles. Uh, have, have you seen those before? No. Okay. because oh, You know what? I think once. Are they like the Cerebro goggles? No, I think they are... Uh, I think he was wearing these when he was down in the caves during the Lucifer issue. I want to say he was wearing them. I could be wrong. But he just he's just suddenly wearing like welding goggles because the light of the trap going off is so impossibly bright. Uh, nobody else has proper eyewear. No. But uh, except why did for he Cyclops. have these? I, I don't know. I guess. So this was like his plan for um, we'll talk about it later. But like in the back of his mind, like this was always a possibility of happening. Hmm. So maybe he, like a contingency plan. Like yeah. he knew this would happen eventually. So he's like, all right, we'll get beast out there with the cable. I got my goggles here when the trap goes off. Right. Exactly. I don't know. So then he's like, <laughs> again, all we need is more time. Time for me to tell you the story. <laughs> like, okay, let's, Let's go. Um, and then the, he sort of reflects and does a, a, a self-reflection about how awesome he is. Mm-hmm. I did think that was funny. He's like, yeah, I was actually fantastic. Actually, the worst thing about me is that I started balding when I was a teen. Yeah. Other than that, I was incredible. He had the perfect life. Well, I mean, two dead parents and his stepbrother's a jerk. And he has no money, and his stepdad died in a fire. But other than that, other than that, sports star. He's great at school. He's like starting to like hone his powers and like understand how they work a little yeah. bit more. Where it's not just like, oh, I have these feelings, but uh, I realize that my brain possessed mutant powers. Exactly. And uh, they start. 
so then we get to a scene where Professor X is putting up all these trophies because he's so good at football and track and uh, he's super smart. So he's just winning all these trophies. And of course, Kane, he's jealous. You know, he, he, he also gets to see what looks like the perfect life, right? Similar to how Dr. Marco got to see uh, Brian Xavier's perfect life. Um, and he decides, I'm going to, I'm going to fight. I'm going to push like Kane Marco decides I'm going to destroy all these trophies because they're making me mad. I don't want to see them. And Professor X just gives him a nice sock right in the face. <laughs> and of course it, it uh, knocks Kane off his feet because he definitely wasn't expecting that because Professor X has always been a bit uh, smoother, a bit calmer. Um, and not really an aggressive type. But then Kane decides, oh, now you're really going to get it, and just starts destroying his trophies. And Professor X sees and can tell by, you know, by reading his mind, like, he's going to destroy all my trophies, and then he's going to beat me up. So Professor X gives him, like, this karate chop. Mind chop. It's... Uh, the way he describes it is normal, no normal foe has a chance against a mutant who can read minds. Uh, I don't know if he's, I don't know if the karate chop has any like power behind it or if he's just like seeing where he's coming and he, he knows some sort of self-defense technique. I I think that's what it is, is he, like you can see, uh, Kane Marco grabs the pole cue, right? He uses the pull cue to smash one of the trophies. And then I'm going to imagine that Professor X can feel that he's about to uh, swing towards him. So he swings. Professor X moves out of the way. And then karate chops him. Oh, I got it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, so I, I see I, that now. I I think that's that's where his ability to read the mind. He knew that where he was going to attack. I just like separated those panels for some reason in my mind. Oh, that's fair. I do that all the time. (laughs) I get it now. So then we, uh, get back to present time just for a quick panel. Uh, basically the X-Men saying like, Hey, he got what he deserved. And then we go back to another, another flash, a flashback. It looks like, uh, so we go back to another flashback. The two of them are driving. Um, he says, Professor X says that in an attempt to be friendly with Kane, he, he goes on a drive and is driving him to college. Um, and they're driving like crazy on these insane cliffs. Like it doesn't even look like road. It's just like. Yeah, something you would take like a pack mule down. Yeah, exactly. And they're driving this convertible. And Professor X is scared. He's like, you can't be driving like this. You're driving like a madman. And he says, we'll never stay on the road. Basically saying, if you keep driving like this, we're going to die. And Kane, I guess like not really caring about his own personal life was like, oh, we won't stay on the road, will we? And then tells him, Basically, all the ways he's jealous. Kane is like, you're better in sports and studies and almost everything. But now I've got the top hand. I'm going to drive like this until you beg me to stop, till you cry out in fear. But I guess Kane didn't know that, that there was a detour. 
and flies right off. But he jumps out in time, and Professor X stays in the uh, stays in the vehicle. And and then I started thinking, is this how he lost his legs? Like, is this how he lost like uh, the use of his legs? I thought that for literally one panel until they're like, actually. Well, and then yeah, someone asks, well, was that how you lost? the use of your legs and he says no that was at the hand of lucifer which was issue nine so i i don't remember why we were bringing up issue nine um but that was the issue for whoever remembers why we were talking about it <laughs> I, who knows um but he says he uses his brain power he used his brain power to protect himself put himself in a mental shield he still got injured but uh he you know it did it did injure him, um, but the the shield did protect him a little bit. We see the uh, the building shaking again, and once again, Cain uh, Marco walks through another barrier, and they're just all in awe, all in shock, and they don't know what to do. And I think this is maybe my favorite panel. It's the fourth. I was just gonna say that. Well, I'm glad we have the same favorite panel. Yeah, uh, it's the fourth panel on issue thirteen, or it's the fourth panel on page thirteen, and it's again just a silhouetted. Um, but something about this silhouette just looks so menacing. It's like he's got. It's more defined than the last time we saw him. Yeah, and it's just because we've only seen him as Kane, like this whole time, and yeah. like looking at this uh, against what we know Kane to be, it's like. Whatever this is, it's not it's not Kane anymore. Right. And it's still just from from like head to torso is black with just like crimson accents mm -hmm. and just the silhouette because the uh the trap is so bright and he's just walking through it like yep. it's no business. And someone says, I see something moving, it's him. And then someone else says, But look at the size of him. He doesn't look human and this far like in x-men they've seen some big boys yeah yeah i mean think of like the blob yeah um the stranger got huge you know they they dealt with giant man uh back in issue nine so yeah they've they've dealt with some big people and we see uh we see i was again was gonna say flint we see Kane <laughs> marco here walking towards uh the grenades that angel and cyclops built like the the hollow logs with the grenades in them. And we see him trip the wire and the grenades shoot up. And that's when we realize, oh, they're gas grenades. But they're supposed to be strong enough to stop a herd of elephants. And he does. He falls back for a little bit and he's kind of kind of knocked out. We go back to them in the mansion. And I think this is another, another suspense, uh, anxiety, thriller type uh Almost like a, uh... damn, I can't think of the word. What's the name? What's the word when, uh, something that happens like often in like specific movies or like, uh, trope trope. Is that the word? Trope is the for? word. Yeah. All right. Well, I feel like this is a common trope where, um, what builds suspense is they've been in the same room the entire issue. Yes. Right. So it's not like they're they're running around or anything. I mean, they did go outside just for that moment. For exactly five minutes, they they make a note of saying. Ex oh yeah, exactly. Uh, so then they're back in the room and they've been in there the whole time. 
And that's that's really suspenseful because it's like they feel they feel trapped. I feel like they're trapped in there already. Iceman tries to protect them even further because this guy is getting closer and closer. So they he covers the windows with ice to, you know, create a little bit more of a barrier. And then we get the flashback to the Korean War. What happened here? I don't know. This this caught me so so off guard. Where he, uh, they're using um, the this sort of like moment of reprieve to finish telling the story, but then it. <laughs> the last time we saw them, uh, Professor X was tumbling down a cliff, and now he's at war. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, before they flip back, he says, uh, I can finally tell you how Kane Marco got his power. And I was like, thank God, let's do this. The one power on earth that may finally with, uh, that may finally defeat us. But the I and finally is an upside down exclamation point. Is it? For me, it is. You're totally right. F finally. Italy. So we're in the Korean War, <laughs> and they must have patched things up in some regard because they they are stationed together. Yeah, uh, Professor X and Kane, and they are actively in combat. And Kane is like, you know what? These explosions are too close. I'm gonna go hide out in this cave for a while. Like I'm gonna sit this out and maybe the war will finish up and we can just go home. And Professor X is just like, wait, don't go in there. I recognize it, which was so bizarre to me. He recognized it? Yeah. Uh, he says, rushing in after him, my heart seemed to stand still as I realized it's the sacred lost temple of Saitorak. He did recognize Legends it. Legends have warned of it for centuries. Wow. That is strange. How so, does he know this place? I guess like the well, professor he is super X, smart, right? Yeah, he's not the kind of the kind of guy that would be a slouch. I'm sure like he's like, "Oh, you know, I joined the army and they're shipping me off to Asia. I might as well learn about the area I'm going to." Of course, Kane didn't do any of that research, so he goes into this cave. That's true. And I'm also sure that Professor X uh has questioned and tried to study his powers and like figure out what mystical things exist in the world. Yeah. So, that could make sense. And uh, I wish we got a better view of the um, the the sort of temple that they're talking about mm-hmm. because we see like a side profile of this statue, presumably of the being that is Saitorak. Right. I, how I don't know. Am I saying that? I think right? that's right. Yeah, yeah Saitorak. Right, cool. uh, and at the the base of it is this ruby that Kane says it looks like it's alive, and I can see an inscription on it. And Professor X is like, "No, don't!" And he grabs it. Uh, Kane grabs it, immediately reads the inscription, and he starts to glow. These are an awesome two panels. Yes, I agree. Also, if you if you uh, on, if you're wa- listening to this, nope. If you were reading this uh, on Marvel Unlimited and you double tap the the panel you want to look kind of deeper into, it will zoom <gasps> in. But it does this cool like fading thing. So if you go to the next next panel like swipe and then swipe again 
It's almost exactly the same background. Oh, whoa. But it just shows. So basically what happened is uh, Cain Marco is reading the the inscription, which says, Whosoever touches this gem shall possess the power of the crimson bands of Sidorak. Henceforth, you shall read these words. Or, sorry. Henceforth, you who read these words shall become forevermore a human juggernaut. And then, boom. He immediately hulks out and turns into this giant monster because he's the juggernaut. The, my my blood went cold on this panel because it uh it looks almost like he's I, I'm sure that he's exploding like out of his clothes because he's increasing in size. Yeah, but he's like he's glowing pink for a moment and then he's just like basked in red. Yes, and it looks like he's just bursting like shooting blood out of himself and i was like oh god dark and he's uh he's confused like something's happening to me i am changing and that i was like oh what are we getting ourselves into so then you fool there he's definitely a fool he becomes this red hulking monster thing and because of it it is uh making the cave collapse and they start running away. Professor X runs out of the cave, and the cave falls onto Juggernaut. He's no longer Kane Marco. He is now Juggernaut. And Professor X thinks about if the cave didn't kill him, it's going to take years for us to dig him out, which will kill him. But if he should be able to break free, I can think of no power on Earth capable of stopping him. And this is prior to them to him even having the X-Men. That's scary. Terrifying. It, I oh god. And then the the thought of and he'll find me. Yep. The the crimson bands of Sidorak will lead him to me no matter where I may hide, which I guess again must be part of the legend or something. That he knew that we don't. <laughs> it's so he strange. Just made it up. Now, are the crimson bands like those the things he wears on his arms do you think i i don't know anything about juggernaut except i do vaguely remember learning something about a ruby i knew that somehow there was a ruby that's, involved that's all that i knew i knew the the name of the of Ciderac, yeah I just didn't like in the back that. of my brain um i don't i don't know if they're the rings because he's got We'll see in a minute, like he's got rings on his sort of costume. Mm-hmm. But when he's standing in the cave, you see like his muscular back. That's true. And he's and he's not, not. He doesn't have them. rings or anything. Yeah. He's also buried under what they say is uh, a trillion tons of falling rock and rubble, and that is so scary. Yeah, a trillion tons. It's two trillion pounds. That's a lot. It's close to how much the Juggernaut weighs. Close. So then we cut back to present time again. And uh, it looks like maybe Angel is asking this question. Yeah. What was the Temple of Sidorak? And what is the power of the Juggernaut? And so Professor X tells them, Sidorak is the most mysterious of all the deities of black magic. When he was finally driven from our own world, he left behind him the curse of the Juggernaut. And that's pretty much all we know about Sidorak, the, the Juggernaut. Any of that black magic. We maybe get more in the future, but as of right now... I hope so. That, that's all that's so interesting to me. It is. It is. 
And then we see he's getting back up. The juggernaut is getting back up. Nothing can stop a juggernaut, which is literally the definition. Um, an unmovable, you know, uh, force. And then we see another... It, they've been blocking his face this whole time. It's my favorite. Cool. It. It's just we're getting closer and closer to the end of this mystery. Yeah. And it's just like little, little teasers, like an aperitif yep. to who this guy is. And so uh, they finally decide we, our next offense is just to stop him. We have to we have to go out and just fight him. Oh, no, they don't. I messed up. I mixed it up. So then they decide uh, there's one, well, Professor X warns them, not necessarily warns them, but reminds them there's one more precaution that they forgot, and it's the steel inner wall. So they head down the hallway, uh, Iceman, Angel, and Beast head down the hallway and go to uh, <laughs> go to the end of the room. I don't know exactly where they're headed, um, but they go somewhere and pull the lever to uh to pull up the the doors i don't know it yeah they're like it's kind of hard to tell like uh like a metal barrier that is around the building which i understand that they wouldn't they wouldn't think of that usually because like they're mainly fighting magneto Mm -hmm. so it's like why even bother yeah that's true but i they i love this so they sort of race through through the mansion yeah they love to race uh, that's like the the teen aspect of them coming through. Oh yeah, of just like their lives are in the most danger they maybe have ever been in. But it's like I'm gonna get there first. I'm the fastest. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, if you two are racing, then I shall race as well. Yep, you're absolutely right. And they blast off down the the hall. Beast knocks them away, flips the lever with his foot, and he's like, "All right, I flipped the switch. Now we can continue fighting each other." Yep, that's so funny. So cute. And then we see the uh, the door shut, and um, as of right now, it seems like okay, this is this is our last defense. This is all we. This is the last thing we have to do. You know, have to defend ourselves. The beast tries to test it out, so he hits the door, and he's like, "Yep, nothing's gonna penetrate that one." And Professor X like thinks to himself, "Yeah, I don't know about that." <laughs> So then they all go to the front door um, because they know that that's where he's going to attack, which I thought was kind of a weird yeah, thing. They're done staring out the window, so let's look at the door for a while. Yeah, exactly. Like the the whole thing is like this is our last line of defense. Like the first thing on my mind was would be like let's get as far away from there as possible. Yeah. So then uh, we see the door start to bulge as Juggernaut is trying to break in. And he does. He breaks right through, but all the and all the metal shards are shooting towards the X Men, and Iceman creates a little ice wall to protect them from it, um, which was cool. Just to, it's cool to see them do like little small things like that because I feel like it uh, it kind of gives purpose to their powers. That's not like world saving, right? It's just a simple like. Oh, let me just build this wall. Yeah, it's to versatile. Us. Yeah, it's just not it, everything needs to be ice grenades and slides and whatever. Exactly, but Juggernaut punches right through the ice wall, 
And then the X-Men decide, now it's up to us. This is it. We're done with the fences. It's his power against ours now. So then they go they go to fight. Cyclops is like, no, everybody move out of my way. I'm going to use full intensity on my, on my power beam and blasts it towards uh, Juggernaut. And he just straight up puts his hands out and moves the beam out of his way. He just like kind of, it just bounces off him. But I lied. I think this, uh, the last page, issue, page 20. I always say issue. I don't know why my brain does that. Last page, middle middle panel. I think this is my favorite panel. And it's Juggernaut completely silhouetted in black and that crimson red swatting the X-Men away. And Beast says, or no, is that Beast? No, that's... Bottom right? That's Cyclops. Yeah. Cyclops says, the professor, he's heading for the professor. And sure enough, Juggernaut shows right up to, right in front of Professor X and says, so dear brother, we meet again. What a pity that this is for the last time. And Professor X says, then it's true. Kane Marco has become a human Juggernaut. And that straight that ends the issue. I oh, I I love that I was here for this one because I I now I can't wait to hear you guys talk about the the next one. Just like next issue, one of the greatest battles of all time as the irresistible <laughs> juggernaut. Irresistible, say, he is as the irresistible juggernaut. Battles the unconquerable X-Men to the bitter end. You must not miss it. Irresistible. I don't know if the, the word I would use. I don't think. Here's what I think. I think they meant like, like resistance. Like you can't hold him back. Yeah. yeah. Like, like you, you can't, you have no resistance against him. He's irresistible. Yeah. That's really what I think they, they've I don't just know been if that's using a word, but... like, uh, oh my God. What's the word? two words that mean the same thing synonyms synonyms they've been using synonyms for like unstoppable this whole issue and now i feel like they're at the bottom of the barrel for yeah yeah they were like uh i need another one i need another one oh we use that one no we use that one all oh irresistible all right here we go print it (laughs) print it um no this was a great issue this this one was uh it, it kept my heart racing the whole time thinking well first and foremost i'm thinking they're going to fight. They're going to fight. What is that going to look like? And then it was just all build up this entire, entire issue. And a lot of great backstory, a lot of yeah, great backstory essential. as far as uh, juggernaut, as far as professor X. And I'm excited to see what issue 13 brings us. I don't know exactly every issue, but I'm pretty sure these next like few are a great string. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty confident. I think there's one, not necessarily a character, but there's one aspect that's huge in the X-Men world that comes into play in these next like few issues. Oh, I'm so excited. And I don't, I don't know the exact issue, but I'm excited to get to that point. Great. Oh, I can't wait. I, I am. I'm here with bated breath. Doza, I'm so glad that you were able to be here with us and uh, enjoy this issue. And I'm excited for the next issue. And this was just a great time all around. And I'm glad you were here. 
Thank you, man. I it truly a pleasure. I've been listening since you started, and I. This was a great one to be on. Thank you for the opportunity, man. This rocked. Absolutely. And anytime, I mean, I I love the idea of of guests, of more guests, of, of having reoccurring guests. I absolutely want that to be a thing. So you definitely will be back. Oh. But I can't promise it's going to be for uh, an issue as great as this one. <laughs> That's fine, man. I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, well let's give some credit because I think that some of the... Uh, some of the creditors, uh, some of the creditors changed. Yeah, so this one uh, was written by Stan Lee. Penciler was Jack Kirby. But we have uh, a guest pe- penciler, Alex Toth, who may have done a few different pages. He he might have done maybe the flashbacks or something different. Uh, usually when there's two pencilers, they do two uh, separate... Um, like, usually it's like a flashback or two separate stories that go on. Uh, we have a new inker here, Vince Coletta. And the letter is Art Symec as well as Sam Rosen. So... We got a we got quite the quite the team here working on this issue. Yeah, a lot of um, a lot of hands on this one. And I, you know, with all those people involved, <laughs> I would worry it would get a little muddled. But it's very streamlined. Yeah, I think Vince Coletta did a great job with the inking in this in this issue. Yeah, it looks um, great. Yeah, you the could juggernaut definitely... panels especially are just the best. Exactly. Um, but again, thank you so much for coming on. We're excited for issue thirteen and. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, it's at Uncanny Rewind. We have an email, uncannyrewind at gmail.com. And we'll be here next week with issue 13. Thanks so much. <laughs>